reaching out to those who are wired for danger. And what that means and how I'm really referencing that is uh, I'm speaking to who we are in our nervous system in the default face of great danger. All of us have a fight, flight, freeze response in our nervous system, but I believe some of us have a primary default when we face great danger to fight. And I think that isn't because, as I said, we're special. It's because you have to have a lot of different kinds of people in order to make society, civilization, species survive. And who am I to say such a thing? Well, I actually am a licensed clinical therapist, and I have uh, held that for over 20 years. I'm not currently practicing because I ran away from everything in attempt to answer the question, what does it mean to survive? And what I found was a different way of being in the world that really caused a lot of clarity and confusion about how we have been as humans in this domesticated culture. And in my heart and in my spirit and in my body, I am, as some of us are, wired for danger, meaning uh, I have a very quick temper. Uh, I like to take risks and I also have come away after a lot of years trying to help and be of service in the world with the reality that we just don't know what we're doing or what we're talking about. And uh, I have long held people who I call, uh, you know, vicarious trauma, meaning those of us who have been frontline responders or first-line responders or in the military or done refugee work, those of us who have been out in the world in a way that we are dealing with the intensity of what's going on in a crisis, uh, we just don't really understand it and we don't understand how to recover from it. And that's what really prompted all this for me was how do we restore our nervous system versus uh, are we broken because we got PTSD or we're having a reaction to uh long-term or chronic trauma. And lots and lots of people are trying to quote unquote help. But one of the things that I've observed, and these are all my personal opinions because I could not find any uh, data on them in terms of studies, things like that. But one of my personal observations, since I'm on the social worker therapy view, I was a ER trauma social worker for many, many years, but I also traveled and have done, you know, quite a few other things. And Uh, recognize that when I was in the emergency room, those were my people. But even among my people, I had a very different response in the face of, uh, you know, guns being pointed. I ran towards it and everybody else ran away. And this is when I began to realize, okay, maybe I'm just not like most people. But my takeaway was, is that after all these years, that so many of the people who are quote unquote trying to help I don't think understand who we really are. And uh, and that really got me to this nervous system because a lot of people who are traditional therapy people really think about healing and 
uh, recovery in a way that probably isn't practical for those of us who have different experiences the way our nervous systems are wired. And I don't like people thinking I'm broken or wrong because I'm different, and I'm sure you don't either. And so I've been putting these ideas together for quite some time, and there's no formal organization of them, and that's what a lot of this last year's podcasts have been. But I'm at a point now where I feel like I want to move forward with you in a different way, maybe, hopefully, because we are in a great point of crisis that's going on out in the world. We're in a great crucible that's only accelerating. And so what my original intention was to try to really work with the healing process, you know, there's a four stages of a crucible. There's getting ready for the fight. There is the fight itself. There are the crucible event. There is post, which you are, you know, basically when you're still adrenaline high, adrenaline crash, and then there's that short-term recovery. And then there's a fourth stage that nobody really talks about. And that fourth stage is if you understand what happened and go back and process it, then that is the point in which you can do great mental, emotional, and spiritual learning and move yourself forward. And it's when you find meaning and purpose in your crucible, in your crisis, in your pain, in your suffering, in your fight, that's when the really good stuff happens. And it's my personal opinion that those of us who are wired for danger have a higher capacity with our nervous system to face the kind of truths that are too hard and too scary for most people to look at. Not because they can't or they shouldn't, but because it's really hard. And there's just something about those of us who are wired this way is that we just can't not move towards the danger. And the catch to that really uh, comes back to the title, and that is, what do you care about? And as I was listening this morning to news and, you know, I was looking at all my notes and I've been trying to make this podcast for a while. At the end of the day, you know, my heart is just lurching, trying to find the best way to serve you, trying the best way to consolidate, you know, decades of information into one tiny what do I have? Four seconds to capture your attention. I'm seven minutes in, plus the the uh, intro, ten minutes, and 99% of the people have shifted away. And we just don't have the capacity the way we used to to really just invest in what I call process and not outcome. And that's not my personal, but there's two points. It's cause and effect. There's two points to most experiences. There's the process, the experience itself, and then the outcome. And most of us as American and Western civilization have been very outcome focused. I was thinking about the origin of America in and of itself. And people came here. My ancestors actually, one Side came on the second or third uh, ship after the Mayflower because they came for the passion and the desire to create and to build something in which they could have religious freedom. And how much we've lost and we've moved into very outcome consumerism, superficial constructs, which have not served us. We have not paid attention and we've created this great 
tyranny that we're all waking up to and realizing, oh my, what happened? But I think the great divide, the great point of conflict that so many, myself included, are having in this moment is we obviously don't all care about the same thing. And I hear over and over and over again from people who I recognize as wired for danger people, this just intensity and this passion, like how can you not care? How can you not fight? How can you not run and attack all this evil? Because we don't understand, so many of us don't understand why other people don't care about what we perceive as the most important thing. And that is usually, as you saw in my uh, uh, picture for this podcast, uh, that's my broken down mug that I've been carrying around with me for over 10 years now. I do have some nice ones, but this one I pick up when I need inspiration because it has all the words I care about. I care about being brave. I care about being courageous. I care about facing truths. I care about people and animals and the world and situations in an intense way that now that I'm old enough to, to have a lot of experience, not everybody cares about. And it's extremely difficult to process that. And that gets back to this whole nervous system thing because when we are faced with great danger, some of us push and fight, some of us pull back and run away, and some people just pause and freeze up. And people who flight and freeze care about different things than we who push forward into the fight. Now I'm going to take a brief pause here because you might be hearing some noises in the background. If you are new, uh, I live in a horse trailer and I am sitting here in the dark in the before the sun has risen with two one-year-old puppies who were of course totally sleeping and quiet until I decided to record. And now they're in motion and one of them's crunching away on a bone. So I apologize uh, if there's noises in the background. But as those of you who have been here a long time, you know, this is a battle I never win. The animals always perk up the minute I decide to do any kind of recording. So I apologize. I am doing what I called in the field. I'm on my crappy microphone and I don't have a soundproof and I have loud animals and no control over the tiny space that we're in. So bear with me. So I really wanted to just say hi and talk about what this means because this is our point of conflict. This is our divide. This is the huge issue that we're all slamming our heads against is the reality is that we deep in our heart care about different things or we don't care at all. And over this last year, I've uh, made quite a discussion over people who are psychopaths and uh, this idea that we are basically you know, trapped and locked in a basement with a serial killer and when you're in that moment of crisis, of great danger, you're trapped in the basement uh, with a serial killer, it gets real clear what your primary nervous system default is. It gets real clear real fast what you care about. And I think there's just a lot of shock, I know for myself, how many people don't seem to care about what feels like it's radically important. It's the human, the survival of humanity itself. And 
not everybody cares about that. And there's a percentage of people that we're learning who really don't care and just want to wipe us out and don't care about suffering and don't care about uh, pain and loss and sacrifice and, and things like this. And it's shocking when that's how you are wired. And what I'm noticing as I listen to other people who I understand as wired for danger people screaming at the top of their lungs and getting louder and more intense because the point of no return has been passed and there's a panic, right? If we don't do something, if we don't do something, if we don't do something. And how can you not care? And so my own personal process and why I'm here with you has been uh, when I started millions of years ago being a social worker and caring so deeply that I wanted to end people's suffering uh, and realizing I could not accomplish that within the system, meaning, you know, healthcare and community services and social services. Eventually, you know, I got out, but the driving force for me has always been what is the truth, because I, in my deepest core believe, like so many of us, the truth would set us free, right? I care about freedom. I care about ending suffering. I care about having uh, enough, you know, that there's no hunger and there's no homelessness and there's no pain and there's no cruelty. All these things, you know, I care deeply, deeply about. I mean, it's a visceral, physical, painful reaction in my body to watch other people suffering, right? I care. I want to end it. I want to help. I want to make it better. And there's just been this horror show reality that there's just not enough. You just can't do it. You can't make other people care. You can't do everything. And so I really shifted away from out in the world to, okay, well then what is the truth? What is the truth? What is the truth? And that had took me down, uh, you know, deeper and deeper rabbit holes of mental, emotional, and spiritual realities. Because the physical truth, you could just take the chains off and walk away, are not enough. In the same way, you know, that we're discovering right now is knowing the facts, right? People want to kill us is not enough. It doesn't make people care enough to get out of their primary nervous system response and change all the things that we believe need to be changed. I cannot believe now they are in hyperactive mode. All right, we're just going to press on. You can pretend like they're your dogs too, banging around the room while you're listening to this. And so I wanted to just say hello. I wanted to say that There's no magic to all of this. And what I've really discovered in the last year is we are all in very different places within our four stages of the crucible. Uh, We're all in very different stages about what we care about and what we believe are the solutions to making other people care so that we believe the changes that we think are right will come forward. And we're all in different stages of exasperation and despair about the realities that that's not happening. Uh, And I think the great issue of trauma and after effects of trauma are how could these things happen? How can other people not care? And 
we don't understand that this process has been going on in some form since the beginning of time. And culturally, we don't deal with it. There is all kinds of practices by other warrior cultures that... (laughs) Now they're both chewing on both sides of the microphone. (sighs) See, I care about bringing you a quality podcast audio and all I get is a disaster here but got a big day ahead so I wanted to get I try to get these out in the morning before the sun comes up so because I care I want to do something for you that is powerful and important and relevant and I don't have control over 90% of what goes on inside this little trailer with two dogs who are still puppies and so all this intensity, all this emotion, all this passion. Uh, we all have it for different things. And we're all in different places in this big experience. And I have committed my life and my process to discovering what is the truth. And there's this terrible moment when you realize that no matter what truth, what level you're at, it's not enough. This idea that you know the truth will set you free isn't the truth. The truth, all it does is is it points you in the direction of how to move closer to what we understand as freedom, but it doesn't magically change our nervous system response to what we're afraid of. And it doesn't magically put everything back the way we think we want it to be. And so, you know, over the years, uh, I've looked for this pattern, you know, within people, and I wanted to do something to help. And I have just banged my head against the wall over and over and over again, because, you know, I don't look right. I'm not, I don't look like I'm, you know, the person that you would want to go to war with, even though I completely understand this wire for danger process. I understand the violence. I understand the rage. I understand, uh, it's being called emotional dysregulation. It's that going from zero to 100, that quick trigger response flooding with adrenaline and wanting to lurch forward, whether it's to, you know, because you're mad and angry, upset, or you're fighting or you're defending or you're pushing someone out of the way of a car coming on. You, I still believe that some of us have to be wired this way in order to survive as a human species. But what we don't do in this time and place is understand how to manage it because we don't live at survival level anymore. We're not in the jungle or on the plains. There's no tigers charging us. There's no herd of buffalo that we're riding through trying to kill one so that our family can eat. We don't have a physical world to match the way our nervous system is wired Unless we go to a hot zone, a crisis zone, a war zone, or an emergency room, or in the police department, or in the fire department, or search and rescue, or all these high adrenaline dangerous kinds of jobs, or uh, sports pursuits, you know, uh, mountain climbing, or car racing, or anything, you know, we might be calling an adrenaline junkie, any of those things that allow for our nervous system to respond quickly, because that's when we feel alive. That's when we feel like we have purpose. That's when it's fun. But you can't live there. And there has to be a process to this nervous system 
that is beyond constant fight. And we burn out. And we don't like the restorative process. Uh, and that, like I said, that's kind of what triggered all this for me in terms of an idea. Because if your primary response is to fight, that's what you want to do to get past the discomfort of when you're burned out or you're needing to re to take a break. You want to fight through it. And so I'm not going to go into all the details about that now, but that's really what prompted this so many years ago was who, how do we function in this current world? Uh, how are we here to serve at this current time? And what do we do in this great moment of conflict in our world where things are just tearing apart at the seams and no matter how passionate we are about what we care about we're finding it's just not enough that truth is not enough to set everybody free and there's a lot of things that are happening right now in our world and there's a lot of people waking up to some of the realities of what's happening in our world. And there's no outcome at this point in which everything is going to magically return to the way it was in our world. And I've spent 12 years now trying to find a way to be in this world in the new way. Uh, by by building what I wanted, by believing that community or I could find a place or a people or a way forward. And I have not been able to find it. And so I am as frustrated as everybody else. And I am as shocked as everybody else. And I am as freaked out as everybody else. But the one thing that I can hold on to, the one thing I absolutely know to be true is there is a percentage of us who are wired for danger, that we were born for this moment, that we must have a mission. We must have something to care about in order to stay sane. But the more we can understand about who we are and how we need to function in this world and not be burned out and traumatized and stressed out and uh, destroyed by what's going on in this world. That's the thing that I can participate in. So I don't want to tell you what your mission is. I don't want to tell you what you should believe. I want to spend this time in this podcast on this subject with how we stay sane in a world where our survival is being threatened in every way, shape, and form. And for me, this is my sacred duty to do with you. And in your way, in your world, your sacred duty is yours to name and own. Because when we focus on being right, we can't stay with what is true. And so I don't want this to be a political zone. I don't want a belief system. I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to shame and humiliate. I can't stand all that stuff. I want to get down to who we are within and how we are functioning without. Because right now, the more our survival is threatened, the more we seek to control ways to survive out in the world, 
and the more that's being taken away from us. There's so much uncertainty out in the world. And there's this deep, deep belief that if people just cared about their survival, they cared about what was right, they cared about the truth, all of this would go away. And that is not what's going to happen. And so there are going to be no answers about how to solve all the problems in the world because I personally don't think that we are here to solve every single problem. I do believe that we are physically wired to function in this world in a particular way. And that is what my hope is to help us navigate through. In the same way, I can't make the puppies not be puppies. I can't, I don't believe those of us who are wired to face danger, to run into the conflict, to do the the scary thing, even when there's no common sense around it. I think there's a purpose for that. And I don't believe that we've really honored what that means beyond, oh, you know, you're a hero. And then we sort of toss you out and move on to the next. And so Uh, There's a lot I want to do in the coming time in this particular format, but what I really wanted to do was just to send this to some people who I believe are those like me, wired for danger, who are trying to do things in the world that they care deeply and passionately about, and I can hear the pain and frustration about why aren't more people responding to this? And it is that point that is so frustrating to move through and how we can understand what we can and can't do. If we can understand how our nervous system works, if we can build in systems and skills and tools to manage our nervous system through this process and at the same time have a place where we don't feel alone in this process. Because I think that's the other big thing is, you know, I always say I can recognize my own. I can talk to someone. I'm like, oh, okay, this person gets it. Most people do not. And there's just a point of comfort when you realize, especially when you're isolated like me, that it's just nice to know I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one who sees the world this way. And I'm not the only one who cares about the things that I care about. And it just makes me feel better to know that I'm not alone. So that's just a little bit uh, about who I am, where we are, what we're doing here, and where I hope to go, and who you are, and how happy I am if you've made it all the way here. I hope you will subscribe. Uh, You can subscribe for free. At this point, everything's for free. We'll see about where the future comes uh, with this Substack. But in the meantime, I always like to end with, uh, it's a brand new day. I'm so glad you're here. I'm just going to take a big old deep breath, and I will see you next time.